Hesedim is a series of reflection, usually reflecting on an issue in the society in the light of the words of scripture. You're welcome to join us each time and to send your questions or comments by way of a voice note. Look forward to hearing you and speaking with you. I'm speaking to you today on the subject in search of wholeness. The Ministry of Health has renamed itself to become the Ministry of Health and Wellness. By that it intends to add a focus on diet and nutrition and exercise as companions to primary, secondary and tertiary health care as ways of securing the health of the nation. In Search of Wholeness goes beyond the physical to include the psychological, social, moral, and spiritual. In a word, to treat with human persons as an integrated whole and to make it our goal to bring body and soul together. We have chosen as our text an account in Mark chapter 5 of the healing of the woman with the hemorrhaging problem. In particular, we are interested in the words Jesus used to her, daughter, go in peace, your faith has made you whole, or literally, your faith has saved you. Mark 5 is a central chapter in Mark's gospel. The miracle stories in that chapters, chapter gives more details and the characters are more developed than elsewhere in the gospel. Mark is writing from Rome and he's interested to give his readers a view of life on the other side of the Roman Empire. They speak of the Pax Romana, the peace of the Roman Empire, referencing the end of wars because Rome had defeated all its enemies and that Roman roads were bringing prosperity everywhere. Mark's Gospel explores what life really looked like from the other side, from the far-flung places in the Roman Empire. In this chapter, he gives insight into what life was like for men, women, and children. He gives an account of a man, deranged, disoriented, and dehumanized, a threat to himself and a threat to everyone else. He shows us this woman, a shadow of herself, excluded, marginalized, and broken down. And then he shows us a child facing the prospect of early death with her future taken away from her. In search of wholeness, we have to begin with a real human story of people and their lived reality. This woman is as good an example as any. The story is well written and all the details are important. We are presented with a woman with a physical and deeply personal ailment. It was a chronic illness. She had it for 12 years. The text tells us that she had suffered much at the hand of many doctors, but instead of getting better, 
she got worse and now all her money was finished. By the time the woman showed up in the crowd where Jesus was, the synagogue ruler had already made his appearance. The text tells us his name Jairus, but repeatedly refers to him as the synagogue ruler. It does so because it wanted to tell us that he was more important than she was. He was a person of standing and she was a nobody and she knew it. It also tells us because as synagogue ruler, he had the duty to enforce the Levitical regulations that ensured that people in this woman's condition were not allowed to come to church or to be anywhere in public. And it told us that because his matter was more urgent than hers, his daughter was at the point of death, her condition could wait. So in one fell swoop, the story paints a picture of the brokenness and disintegration of this woman, the damage done and the injury, injury suffered and the distortion of her self, sense of self that resulted. She was excluded, doubly victimized. She was ill and because of her illness, she was an excluded and discriminated against person. She was exploited, she was unwell, and there was no ready cure or diagnosis or treatment. The members of the professional class took advantage of her. They did experimental treatments on her, tried new drugs, made her perform expensive tests. She spent what she did not have. When they were finished with her, not only was she a shadow of herself, her bank account was a shadow of itself. And finally, she was socially discriminated against. She was an impoverished, she, she had an impoverished social network. She was not welcomed. People looked at her funny and treated her as if they had seen a ghost. The gospel story is about the difference that Jesus makes and the difference that we need to make in a world in search of wholeness. Here are three things that Jesus did in response to this excluded, exploited and discriminated against woman who had become a shadow of herself, broken and disintegrated. First, Jesus acknowledges her. Those who love this story, love the King James version of the story. If I can touch the hem of his garment, I will be made well. This is fine. But the focus of the story begins after this, after her plague had stopped. It is possible to be physically well and not be made whole. It is possible to be financially well and not be made whole. To be made whole is when all the pieces of your life fit together into one integrated whole and you are a vessel fit for purpose. Jesus asked, who touched me? The woman so accustomed to anonymity and so long invisible and living in the shadows wanted to touch Jesus and blend into the crowd. Jesus said, no can do. It won't happen. Jesus will not allow your life to be nothing but a chance encounter. He took 
steps to acknowledge her. Jesus is not going to treat you as merely a number, as another mean. He stops to call attention to her and her matter. He had every reason not to stop. He was busy. There were many people pressing on him. He had an urgent matter to attend to. There was a 12-year-old child, 12-year-old girl on her bed dying. This could wait, but not so in the economy of Jesus. And there was a very important person who had got there ahead of her. That is our logic. In our world, people like this woman can never get an appointment. In our world, people in her condition have to wait. Their number never gets called. She had nothing to bargain with except her humanity. Her money was spent. Her only argument is her human desperation. Jesus makes the time for her. He acknowledges her. This is what Bartimaeus, the blind man in Jericho, needed when he shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He wanted to be acknowledged, blind, but a human being nonetheless. In our country, examples abound that some services and some interventions are only for some people, not for the rest of us. However desperate our situation and urgent and plaintive our cry, it is par for the course to leave us to wait in our misery. If the people with the right appearance and the right circumstances come along, all of a sudden a way is found. Jesus says, hell no. He acknowledged he, who touched him. He felt virtue flow out of his body. Secondly, Jesus privileges her. When he demanded who touched me, and looked around, the lady with fear and trembling fell in front of him and told him her story. This was not to embarrass her. For the first time in her life, they were forced, forced to look at her, to take notice of her. She was called to the front of the line. Jesus brought her out of the shadow in front of the gathering herd. She was not on the front page. She was on the front page at last. Of course, she did not have front row appearance. She did not have her hair done. Her clothes were soiled and unkempt. But it does not matter. Jesus calls her forward. Her story is worth knowing. It is worth telling. It is worth pausing to respond to. There are too many people in this society, like the woman at the well hiding at midday. They can't even look at, look at you in the eye. They are ashamed of themselves. They're ashamed of how they look. They're ashamed of where they come from. They don't know their father. They do not know where they came from. And they do not believe that theirs is a legitimate narrative. They believe that their story must always remain a footnote to other people's story. They do not feel valued. That is why they engage risky behavior. That is why there is the ready option of violence, including violence against themselves and their own. This is why they appear like they are always looking to escape, to escape poverty, to escape their commitment, to escape their responsibility. But the Negro spiritual says, nobody knows the trouble I have seen. 
nobody knows but jesus jesus calls this woman to center stage jesus has this way of calling people to the front that's what he did with the man with the withered hand that's what he did with the bent over woman and this is what he has done to this woman broken and disintegrated her problem is not merely the hemorrhage it is what others had made it do to her it was the stigma it was the rules that they made up to keep her in the shadows. It was the excuse they made themselves to ridicule her and laugh at her. It was their whispering campaign, the nicknames they made up. But look at her now. Jesus has given her a brand new story. Thirdly, Jesus affirms her. He said, daughter, what a warm and affectionate way to address her daughter in the backdrop is the story of the desperate father jairus falling on his knees at jesus's feet to beseech jesus to come and heal his 12 year old daughter everybody sympathizes with jairus in his anxiety but when as synagogue ruler he is doubly victimizing this daughter of abraham by telling her that she cannot come to the synagogue in her condition everybody agrees with him Nobody remembers that she also is somebody's daughter. Jesus affirms her. It restores her self-confidence. The trembling and the fear disappear. She springs to her feet. She has got her confidence back. She can say like the woman at the well, come see a man who told me everything I have done. Could this be the Christ? The circumstances of her ailment that made her excluded, that were used to exploit her, that made people laugh at her and discriminate against her and treat her like she was a ghost have been broken. Go, go in peace, he says. Your faith has made you whole. Body and soul have been brought together. Your full humanity and human dignity restored. During this pandemic, many things have been made palpably clear. It has become clear to all of us including here in Jamaica, that there are so many people who live in the shadows, who are broken and popped down, as we say. And it appears that this is how it is meant to be. They will always have to wait, go to the end of the line until others are served, and even then their number never gets called. Their matters are side issues in the conversation. They are not acknowledged or privileged or affirmed. It is why so much of how they carry on appear to the rest of us to be wasteful and destructive. We have to make a change. We have to pay attention. We have to end this viciousness and cruelty to each other. We have to start using the word brother and the word sister again. We have to offer the greeting of peace again. We have to make each other whole again. Let us acknowledge each other. Let us make the other person central to our vision of life, to what is important. Let us put ourselves in their position and prefer them to ourselves. And let us affirm them. Let us share warm affection and give them a sense of community. It will make all the difference in the world. Daughter, go in peace. Your faith has made you whole. Amen.
Almighty God in Jesus Christ. We pray to you today for those who have had COVID and those who are afraid of having COVID. And for so many persons who are broken, who feel overwhelmed, who feel excluded, and who feel disintegrated. We pray for them. We pray for your hand to touch them and for them to touch the hem of your garment. Lord Jesus, make us today whole. We pray in your name. Amen.